But you know what? Anybody can hit 98. As former players, there's an expectation. Trevor Bauer, I'm a big fan of him and his emotions. I like Joe Kelly. This is a must win year for the Dodgers. And Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw, yep. their salary is like 28 million. This is the Oppressed Sports Podcast. What's going on, guys? This is Clayton with Upper Class Sports here with Mr. Nick Klungersetter. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. So yesterday was the World Series Game 6. I Dude, let's just jump into it, man. Wow. Thoughts, feelings? What, what, do, what do you think? I mean, personally, I'm, I'm, I feel like we were right. We called Dodgers in 6. Yep, so, we did. Yeah, we did. So we write on that. How it happened, we'll get into that. I mean, it was a tough game, but I think the, the thing everybody's talking about, what we were really we were talking about during the game, texting back and forth, is pulling Snell, less than 80 pitches, carving guys up all game. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that? So, as a former player, man, like, I, I was a pitcher, so we, we, we were both pitchers. I never wanted to be taken out of a game. Ever. I don't, I didn't even care if I was getting lit. I just didn't want to come out because that's the competitor in me. Um, let alone pitching and going into this, uh, into the sixth, he's got less than 75 pitches. I think he has 73 pitches when he's pulled. The next three guys coming up, 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. Yep. Yep. Dude's cruising, man. He struck out 50% of the batters he faced. Like, uh, yeah, the competitor in – I mean, I don't, you don't even got to be a competitor to know that that dude's cruising and he, yeah. he wants the ball. But but the competitor in you, like like he said, he goes, he goes, look, I just want the ball. Yeah. He's like, I trust my stuff. He's, yeah, mm -hmm. he trusts his yeah. stuff. I mean, and who wouldn't, man? 50% of the batters he faced struck him out. Um, dude was cruising, man. He gave up two singles and, and one of them, okay, he hung a slider. So what is what it is. Yeah. But, I mean – Knowing knowing what we know about like Mookie Betts and stuff, how he faces, how he is versus lefties and righties and stuff versus the lefty, that's the play to stay with. And then they go to the righty after he had no success against Snell all day, didn't even mm -hmm. have a clue at the plate. So I don't know. To me, I, I mean, <laughs> the competitor in me, yeah, that's a bad move in my in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. And even I, I tried to look at it from the Rays' perspective of being the analytical team. Yeah. That's what got them there. But looking at the analytics of it, like you said, Mookie Betts struggled against lefties all year. He hit right-handed fastballs better than most people in the league. Yeah. And so he's struggling already against Snell. He thrives off of right-handed fastballs, so you pull the lefty that he's struggling against to put in a righty that throws like 65% fastballs. And on top of that, you, pull, you put the righty that struggled all postseason – Nick Anderson was really good the last two regular seasons. That's what Cash said. He's been the best reliever the last two postseasons, yeah. or regular seasons, but now it's the postseason, and he's yeah. struggled. I think his last six appearances, he gave up at least one run every time. Yeah, no, so, absolutely. So it's like I get it. If you want to pull Snell for whatever, he doesn't believe in the third time through the lineup. He's a, Cash is a believer in that. If you want to pull Snell, you got to put one of your better relievers in. You can't go, you can't go to Anderson right now. He's struggling. He's in a funk. Infielders, hitters get funks. Relievers get funks. I was a reliever. I had a few times where I'd go a week where I couldn't throw a strike. I couldn't get a guy out. So take a week off, figure things out, go back in, you're effective. 
I get it. It's the postseason. You don't have a week to take off. But you have other guys in that bullpen that could have been more effective and people would have agreed with that choice a lot more if you went with them instead of Anderson. But you know what? Like, like to me, I mean, who out of, out of starters and relievers, who are the guys who they pay the most money? You know, yeah. you pay starters way more money, I think, because you have more faith and trust in them. And I'm sorry, Blake Snell, after six innings, 73 pitches, I mean, in his game where that, that game, it was his, his yeah. heart, man. Like, yeah. let the guy roll. And I think Big Poppy said it. He's like, it, it was basically like his game to lose. Like, that was his, yeah. let him fail. Yeah. Let him be the reason, you know, something happened. I mean, my gosh, you put him in there, he gives up one run. So then take him out. Understandable. But the guy's giving up no runs, gave up a, one single and then gives up another one. He gets pulled, like, to me. I mean, that's yeah. one that I don't, I don't know how he could even argue back when the reporters were talking to him. And, and not, not, not necessarily him arguing, but like him even thinking that he has a rebuttal to that. Because mm -hmm. I don't care what analytics say, man. I mean, you got to go you gotta, feeling the emotion of the game. Yeah, you got to go off of your, the eye test. Yeah. You're watching your Cy Young one or your ace. He's dicing guys up. You got to leave him in. You got to let him fail. Giving up a single – is not failing. He gives up a, if he gives up the double, maybe you maybe you think about it. But to just oh we give him a single, get him out. That's it's a little too hasty for, for my liking. Yeah. I I don't know, man. But I, but on that, moving away from that, because we could talk about that all night. The Rays only put up one run and it was a solo home run. They lived and died by the solo home run all postseason. We talked about it last episode. Yep. 70% of their runs were home runs. And win or go home, they scored one run. It was a solo home run by their biggest hitter. Yep. So yeah. Without, without the production, it was – Yeah, how do you expect to win when you don't put runs on the board? I mean, one run against a team like the Dodgers and their lineup, I mean, yeah, how do you expect to win? I mean – I mean, keep Snell in the game, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Other than that, how do you expect to win a game one nothing against a team like the Dodgers? You got to be able to put up more runs, and they got to, yeah, like we talked about, they've got to do things more than just trying to hit the ball over the fence. I mean, that's not gonna that's not gonna win you a must win game in the World Series. I mean, yeah, yeah. we did Crazy we thing. did see it we did see it in game five a little bit is. They started doing some of the small things. Yeah. They started button, putting pressure on, and they won. Yeah. They put pressure and big – I mean, big errors at the end of the game cost the Dodgers, but the Rays but are putting that, pressure that's, on that's by doing putting pressure things. on guys. Yeah. Yep. It's from putting pressure yeah. on guys instead of popping up to the infield. Yep. And so, man, it, it, it would have been fun to watch if they would have – if the Rays could have scored some more runs. But congrats to the Dodgers, man. They did what they had to do. Yeah, and you know what? I think well, it was crazy. Like, everybody talking about Gonsolin and stuff like that and, and why why did Dave Roberts make that decision? I think this this whole World Series, everybody was kind of waiting for Dave Roberts to make the mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, who is yeah. Dave Roberts going to pull? Who is he going to put in at the wrong time? You know, whatever. Waiting for him to make the mistake. And, and yeah, Kevin Cash was the one who made the mistake. I know people are drawing uh, 
allusions to Roberts doing sort of the same thing mm-hmm. when they lost the World Series. And it's just, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty is what everyone's going to say. But still. Do you think, do you think that if the Dodgers would have lost, now this is all hypothetical, but do you think yeah. that if the Dodgers would have lost, Bueller goes game seven and they lose tonight, game seven, is that the the bad move by uh, Dave Roberts? Do you think it would be looked at that way? Like that was Dave Roberts' fault. He should have pitched Bueller six, rode the momentum, put him away in game six. I, you know, I, I was we talked about that a little bit. I talked to one of my buddies about it a little bit, and I'm conflicted now. I got swayed a little bit. I was gung ho on Bueller should have gone game six just to put your best guy out there, end it. But I could see the thinking a little bit of get him an extra day's rest. You're going up against Snell. You're going to try and beat Snell. Obviously, you're not just going to forfeit the game. Yeah. But they like their chances of having Bueller with an extra day of rest against Morton versus Bueller on shorter rest against Snell. Yeah. So I I feel like I'd be okay with that move now because they won. But it, had they lost, I don't know. I, I feel like there'd be some second guessing. But yeah. I can see the reasoning for it here. As with the Snell move, I can't really see the reasoning for it. But the Bueller move, I could see. It's good. You know, every World Series seems to have its moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I mean, really thinking about this World Series, what other big moment was there that was like, wow, that was a highlight. Like everything else kind of went the way that it was expected to go. There was nothing really surprising up until the the Kevin Cash pulling Snell move. Like that, that's – yeah. Just about, in my opinion, the only thing that really happened. Now, I think the most surprising thing was that the Dodgers didn't sweep because everyone kind of expected the Dodgers to come yeah. in and bulldoze their way over the Rays. And the Rays stuck it out, man. They they pushed it as far as they could with the way their offense performs. Yeah. But, I mean, you you got to look at the Rays, too. I mean, they're, they weren't really a pushover. Like, I, I never yeah. – I mean, I think that's right why we said Dodgers in six because we knew it wasn't mm-hmm. going to be a sweep. Like – um, I just, yeah, I, I, I saw the Rays putting up a fight like they did. I mean, that was, just, it was a dog the, fight, you know? Yeah. The talks I heard were just people thinking, well, the Rays put up a bunch of solo home runs. Yeah. The Dodgers don't give up a whole lot of home runs. If the Rays can't score, the Dodgers are going to bulldoze them in four. Cause yeah. the Dodgers are going to score as we saw the Dodgers score regardless of who's up there. So it was nice to see a longer series cause sweeps are exciting, but then baseball ends sooner. Yeah. So it was nice. To, it was nice to get a little bit longer postseason. Yeah. No, I agree. What do you? What was your um, one thing that the Dodgers did that is the reason why they won the World Series? What do you think that is? What is? One I think thing? the most obvious one is the two out scoring. Yeah. They scored almost all of their runs. It's two outs, man. They didn't. They didn't give up. They yeah. said we got two outs, so well we can still score. We're not we're not calling it an inning. We're gonna keep pushing. We're gonna try and push some runs across, and they scored a ton of runs with two outs. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's huge, man. When you when you can when you have have that kind of production with two outs, that puts so much pressure on the other team. That mm-hmm. you know, with two outs, you're not gonna go down easy. I mean that that's crazy. I I think. Yeah, I think that's absolutely what what I would have said um, is the reason they won. I mean, take away take away those two out runs, and they don't even probably make it to the World Series. Yep. Let alone win I, it. 
Yep. And the other one is just the production, one through nine, plus all the subs. I don't think any of their guys really struggled. Yeah. All the guys produced when they needed to. They got timely hitting. Well, it's crazy. We, we, we talked about us. Uh, we talked about the Dodgers lineup and said that, you know, one through nine, they could put the ball over the wall. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that in our last episode. And yep. I mean, it's crazy. One through nine. Literally yep. every single one of them had a home run. So, yep. yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. And I mean, when you've got, you know, the back half of your, or back half of your lineup producing, I mean, that's just huge. And that's yeah, what the Rays can't say. Yep. I mean, the sad, sad style of the World Series is Zanino, the catcher, went one for 16. Yeah. It's a rough series. I, I know he's there more as a defensive catcher, the, the guys like throwing to him. He's there to maybe pop a couple home runs, but over six or one for sixteen feels bad. That feels really feels bad. That feels really bad. So yeah, I think that'd be the thing for the Rays. On the flip side, what the Rays could have done better is they needed more. They needed more timely hitting. They needed to do the small ball things right instead of relying on the home runs. Yeah. Yeah. But, Interesting, interesting World Series for sure. It was very, I mean, very entertaining. It was one of those you can't, watching that World Series, you can't be somebody who says baseball's boring. That's, that's yep. for sure. That is for sure. I mean, there was, there was so much excitement, so many things that happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it really I, wasn't just one team dominating the other. So that mm-hmm. was, that was great. I don't, I don't think anybody put up double digit runs. Yeah, nobody put up double digit mm-hmm. runs in the world series sometimes you get those games you'll see a world series game 16 to 4 or whatever and it's just one team blows yeah. on another and one didn't really have any yeah and the, the other the other thing i liked was i didn't like covid but with fewer stands you had to hear the players talking more and see their interactions a little bit more yeah. and there were some hot mics a few f-bombs yeah. caught on the tape which well, you're playing a sport's going to happen yeah. but it was nice to be able to almost feel closer to the field yeah, because you could hear and feel the players' emotions a lot more this way. So, I think next season, if COVID's finally gone and they're back to normal, it'd be nice to incorporate that a little bit more to be able to hear and feel the players a little bit more. Because that definitely made the postseason feel more more enjoyable for sure. Because my team wasn't in the postseason, yeah, but I still enjoyed the the heck out of it because I could feel the players' energy the whole time. Yeah. And game six, I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but it sounded like Joe Buck's mic was turned way down and the crowd noise was like almost overwhelming what he was saying. So you couldn't really hear what he was saying. So that was a good thing. I'm too. all about that. Yeah. <laughs> we could, if you, you put a mute on Joe Buck's mic. I think everyone would enjoy it. I think that was, that'd be my, my third favorite thing from the World Series was that, that picture of that family that held their sign up that they bought tickets and drove eight hours to watch the World Series just so they didn't have to hear Joe Buck. Uh, yeah, that was funny. That was really it was funny. good. It was good. And I know they're probably not going to do the postseason the same way next year yeah. with all the teams in it. But it was kind of nice having a longer postseason with all the extra games with a series instead of just a one-game wild card. Yeah. Having the series wild card was nice. I, so I like that. I like that series wild card mm-hmm. because baseball is that sport where any team can beat any team on any given day. And it's like to have a series and, I mean, a team show up on game one and just not have it, but then they they could potentially come back and win two in a row and then go on a run. You know, I liked the format this year. I I mean, 
yeah, I wonder if they'll stick with that or if they'll move away from it. Uh, I think they could use a little cleanup because having having a, we had what, two the Astros and another were below 500. Having below 500 teams in the playoffs feels a little bad, feels a little wrong. Yeah. So if they can clean that up to work it somehow to where you have that, but you can't have teams less than 500 in the postseason. That doesn't really feel right. Yeah. So on that, like, what were some rules? I mean, there were, there was a couple rules that they implemented this year. Now that the season's over, we can kind of talk about it. Um, some of the rules that they implemented this year that you would like to see not come back next year. Um, I don't know, man. I, I kind of, honestly, I, I enjoyed this season a lot. I know I'm gonna get, I'll probably get some flack for this, but I liked the universal DH. Did you? I, I liked, I liked all the teams having a DH because I think it's with the way baseball is going. I think it's better because instead of having a pitcher go up there that might hit a home run, like Bartolo Colon, everyone's excited. You get another guy that's actually gonna hit home runs and put people in the seats because they can watch their guy hit home runs. Yeah, but there, go, there goes there goes uh, bunting. <laughs> we talked about we talked about that last game. There goes all the bunting, and you know what? It's all like, bunting, yeah. I yeah, I I don't mind honestly. I don't mind the DH or the 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 National League not having a DH. I I enjoy it. I think it makes it more fun. I think it makes it. Now I don't know if there, that means there's an advantage in like the World Series. For the National League team, I don't know. I don't really know if that makes yeah. a difference um, because even the National League pitchers, I mean, you're looking at one and I don't know yeah. how they can actually swing it. But yeah, probably a couple. Yeah, Matt yeah, Bum and DeGrom. But, yeah, so that's one rule. I think I think the, um, the three batter rule, that's something that I wanted to talk about, like the three batter yeah. minimum. Yeah. What do you what think, do you think about, about that? I, I think – I think it, it just I, – I get that it, it speeds up the game. I get it. Mm. Not doing pitching changes. But there goes the lef lefty specialist, you know, yeah. and that, that's something that's always been a part of the game. It's like you bring in the lefty to face the lefty. Yeah, you just took away some jobs there. You took away some jobs. You took away some um, strategy. I mean mm – -hmm. I think it's weird with, with how analytical the game is getting to remove one of the most analytical – parts of baseball absolutely and, sorry go ahead even before like sabermetrics was a thing it was always like yeah. well we had this one lefty that's good against lefty so we're just gonna use this one lefty for the one lefty and call it that but now we have sabermetrics they're like we gotta get rid of the lefty on lefty thing yeah, yeah. and i mean i think um yeah i just think that strategy goes out the window and and i i personally don't like it but I, I don't know. I, I think that I think that it's it's something that they won't bring back. Shoot, I don't even know, man. It's I hard. Know. I I don't think they should bring it back because I like lefty specialists. Yeah, I I think I think it adds that level of strategy, and I mean, it slows the game down a few minutes. Guys got to run in, warm up, face a hitter. You're adding five ten minutes to the game yeah once a game maybe because you don't have like seven left specialists you usually have one that comes in for one specific time if that and that's it so I'd, i think they should change that and especially you're, you're hurting a team if a dude comes in and clearly doesn't have it 
You're going to make the guy walk three guys. You're going to make the guy give three hits. Yeah. If the guy comes in and can't throw a strike, get him out. Otherwise, you're hurting the team. You're penalizing the team because one guy is having a bad day. Well, and I think, I think then for the playoffs, like, rosters will change big time. I mean, I already know – I mean, the Ast- uh, Astros, the Rays, they only brought, what, I think it was 11 pitchers to the playoffs. Uh, yeah, they, they dropped down. I think series. I think. I think it was. I think it was. They had thirteen or fourteen, and then the World Series they dropped down to bring in Brett Phillips yeah. to have an extra defensive player, which worked out because Brett Phillips won them Game Five. Of course. But really, ha- having that few of pitchers. Because they figure that that now it's not okay. Tough. One guy's going to come in for one batter. You know what I mean? And burn a guy type of thing. It's like, okay, these guys mm-hmm. got to come in for three at the minimum, unless they come in at the tail end of an inning and then yep. you make the pitching change. But yeah, a lot of changes happening. Um, the runner on second, extra innings. What did you think about that? I, I didn't like it because I don't, I'm not, I'm not in Little League. I didn't like it. I thought Major League Baseball, you should let the guys score, but I can see why. They might keep it because it did speed the game up, and that's what they're kind of been pushing towards the last few years is speed the game up, speed the game up. And I think if they keep it, teams will. We might start seeing bunting more because teams will be like, all right, it's a set thing. It's always going to be like this. Let's incorporate a strategy for that. So I don't I don't personally like it because they're, they're dudes paid millions of dollars to play baseball. They should be able to score without giving them a runner on second. But if they keep it, I mean, I'll be okay with it if teams utilize it and have strategy about it the right way. Yeah, I think you said. What do you think? Like, I think I think you said it like with the strategy and stuff like that. I mean, it's like I said, like we talked about last week. The 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 game is changing. Actually, the game has already changed. That you know, I don't I don't think there will ever be that strategy where guys are laying down bunts and stuff like that, unless like well. I mean, unless you're in the National League and you got a pitcher up there. <laughs> but then again, I don't think in extra innings they're going to have a pitcher go to bat. But, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's something that they continue with. I mean, I, I, think, I think, yeah, it sped up the game. But these questions that we if you could, If you could add a rule for next season, what rule would you add? Honestly, like I don't, I don't want to add anything. Like that—that's the thing. Like I would like to take away some of the rules that they've already added. Like one of the rules that when they first implemented it, it it really frustrated me. But I get why they did it. Is the replay? Mm-hmm. Umpires are a part of yeah. the game, and then there's that there's that human side to umpires, and that's why. I am so scared for the day when they go with a robotic umpire because it's going to happen. Yeah, you know, we it, know it is eventually, but it's like that human side of the game, the human errors that these umpires make. I mean, some of those calls, even yesterday, the guy, the guy called a strike, literally a ball and a half off the plate, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that could help, that could hurt, but that's a part of the game. You know what I mean? And so, I know for that for the pitcher, I think his name was Galarraga for the Detroit Tigers, like when he threw his perfect game. Yeah, for the Tigers. 
I know he mm-hmm. he was wishing that they had replay back then for something like that. But yeah. then again, it's like and I think that that was one of the reasons why they wanted to go to the replays, plays like that. And the home not when it's getting like used, that, but yeah, not what it's getting used for now. Of well, he slid in the second, and when he popped up, he came off for half a second, and we tagged him. And the team started realizing it real ticky tacky with yeah. replay instead of what it was really for. It was for the Galarragas and the perfect games that get ruined because of it. It's for the home runs. It wasn't a home run. Yeah. But teams saw it's a tool we can use to get some easy outs on people. Yeah, and, and we soon found out what the technology does because in 2017. The Astros. You know. So what, what about you? What, what, what's a rule that you would implement if you could, if you would at all? I had to get rid of the opener. No, I I don't I don't like the opener. You have a starter for a reason. If you don't trust your starter to start the game, don't make him your starter. Yeah. You put a guy. You, I think it, it. I don't like it. How would you, how would you enforce that rule if you got a guy who you're gonna throw in there and he gets lit up the first inning? Like, well, like, that's that's the thing. If you, have, if you have a guy go in, he has a bad day, and you pull him out. It happens. Guys, guys get in trouble in the first inning sometimes. You think that they should have designated, like, this guy's a starter, this guy's a reliever, and then that you can't change it type of deal? Like, no, that would be a way I, to be able to enforce it. Like, okay, this guy's your mm-hmm. starter. If he's cruising yeah. or whatever, like, you can't, pull, you, you can't pull him or a reliever or whatever. Like, uh, It's weird. We'd, I'd have to – you'd have to put some work into the wording of it because – loopholes and restrictions yeah. would be on there that would make it hard to do but just the idea when guys are like well we're going with the opener today we're gonna we're gonna start Jansen and then Kershaw's gonna come in in the second inning and pitch the rest of the game it's like well you know Jansen's a closer Kershaw's a starter so it's like once guys are established you can be like well I don't I don't want that you know it's weird it's hard to formulate it how well, you would I've never understood I have never understood the opener it doesn't make any sense to me do you have any insight for me to make me possibly understand just, why a guy, way, why that scenario would even happen where Jansen would open and Kershaw would come in in second inning? And, well, it's like the way, the way I've understood it, the way I've seen teams do it, is they use one of your good relievers, not your best, one of your like middle-of-the-pack relievers to come in and get the top of the lineup out, not like a relief appearance, or coming in, the reliever gets the job done that he would have done later in the game now so that your starter comes in facing – the middle of the lineup instead of the top of the lineup. Yeah. Just to get – just a way to, like, steal an inning that a reliever would have taken later in the game. That's They're where – stealing dude, an inning I would early. be so frustrated as a player going, they don't have faith in me to do this. Yeah. Like, they don't have a That's faith in me to start. Like, what? That's how I see it. It's like, I'm sure guys, they're professionals. They, they can work the routine around it. But it's like, if I'm a starter, I'm the starter. I'm coming in to start the game. And I'm pitching as long as I can until you pull me out. I don't yeah. want a guy to come in to try and get a couple outs before me. I want to come in and start my game. And then you can bring people in after me and do what you got to do. I don't, I don't yeah. know if you remember in college, um, one of our teammates, he struggled in the first inning. He always struggled in the, in, in the first inning. I think it was your sophomore year is my junior year, my first year there. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but – he always struggled in the first inning, so they warmed him up like 20 minutes earlier than they normally would have started warming up to get him through the first inning 
the first yeah, first inning in the bullpen. Yeah, and he did the first inning in the bullpen where he threw an extra twenty pitches in the bullpen, took his rest, and then went out like he got an inning break type of thing to then go yeah, start. And he was going out. And that's a, that's a creative part of baseball where you find ways to work around it with your guy instead yeah. of let's just have a, someone else come do three outs real quick and then then we'll put our starter in. I just don't like it, and especially as a as a team, you get into a rhythm quick off the starting pitcher. Yeah. You get, you get a feel for the strike zone. You get a feel for how, how things are going. You're going to start the game in the second inning pretty much because you're starting – you're just having a reliever come in to start the game. It's – I don't like it. I would change it to make it some kind of wording where you can't you can't use an opener. Let yeah. your starter be the starter. Let him do his job. Let the reliever be the reliever. Yeah. Exactly. I – Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, I just – like the shift, I don't think <laughs> – I think we're going to start seeing more of that kind of stuff, those kind of weird yeah, I don't think... weird things that you would never really see in baseball, and I think it's going to end up being because of analytics, you know. Yeah. I think analytics. they talked about – they've been talking about it a lot with the Snell thing, going back to him a little bit. Is the analytics kind of killed the Astros a little bit this year, mm-hmm. kind of bit him in the butt? But that analytics aren't going away. And yeah. I, I'm a big A-Rod guy. And the same interview with, with Poppy, A-Rod talked about, as soon as he saw Snell get pulled, he kind of stopped watching the World Series because yeah. analytics are ruining baseball. And yeah. I wouldn't say they're ruining baseball. I think they're changing baseball. I think teams that rely too much on the analytics will ruin baseball. Yeah. As we saw, we saw with the Rays, they relied a little too much on the analytics instead of the eye test, the fuel for the game. And it cost them the World Series. Yeah. So, well, so something something that I something that I noticed with like analytics and stuff like that, I was paying a lot more attention. So remember when you and I played? Where did they always tell us to pitch the ball? Mm-hmm. Where did they always tell us to pitch in the zone? Like, what part of the zone did they always tell us to throw to? We wanted to live down, man. Down, down all the down, time. Down, 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 down. That was. I think that was beaten in my head. High school, I, I didn't really pitch much in high school, but in college, it was like down, down, down. And it's so funny to see where the analytics have then now taken over. They, they started doing the launch angle and stuff like that because how do you mm-hmm. beat a pitch down? Well, the, you got the launch angle. And so now how do you beat the launch angle? So they're reinventing baseball. I think that's the cool part about baseball is there's like, there's going to be one thing. I mean, you can call it a fad, like launch angle or pitching down and then when the, when the guys figure out oh this is how you can hit that or this is how you can beat that pitching it's just going to constantly evolve and change and i think that's that's something that analytics is going to continue to expose certain things cuz i mean yeah. now in the world series gosh you have no idea how many times i call it's like snell's going to go up snell's going to go up pitching at that letter high blowing fastballs by guys because they're trying to get some launch angle on it and hit it out of the park and the Dodgers, I mean, against Snell, struggled against the pitch up. But yep. yeah, I just I just find it very funny, and I think it's it's something that and that's something that analytics is really gonna expose those fads, I guess you would say. Like eventually, mm-hmm. guys are gonna learn how to hit that pitch up, and they're gonna change and, and evolve. That's what good baseball players do is they evolve and they adapt with whatever the times are, whatever's going on. And so it yeah. was the launch angle thing. And now pitchers are starting to pitch more up in the zone to beat guys. 
that eventually hitters are now going to then evolve and go to somewhere where now they're going to be able to beat that pitch up and then it's going to have to be something else. Yeah, I think analytics are definitely going to help with adjusting and making those changes. And it's just, it's just part of the game at this point. And players are going to have to adjust to it. Coaches got to adjust to it. Fans have to adjust to it because baseball's changing. You can't say, well, back in my day, because baseball is not going to be how it was back in your day. Yeah. And that's just something people have to accept is it's a, it's a baseball is its own world, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the world's changing, growing every season. Do you think that back in, I mean, before all these analytics, before all social media and, and the, the video production quality and the, the amount of video that they get on every guy at, from every different angle, like, do you think there's a reason why there is like an old school versus now a new school baseball is because of that, because of the analytics and being able to adapt, I guess you'd say faster because for a long time, like I said, it was pitch down, pitch down, pitch down. I mean, even when my dad was playing back in the day, it was pitch down, you know, cheese at the knees. Like it was all that kind of stuff versus don't let the ball get up above, you know, the belt or whatever. And do you think that – I mean, that has to be because of the analytics, obviously. Yeah, and the it and I, I think the prime example of that, I think this will be our first time talking about him, is Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. He hits like 900 on balls down. Yeah. But you throw a fastball up around the letters, and he's a major league average. Yeah. So he's a prime example of someone that he's studied and adapted really quick and realized pitchers like throwing down, especially down and away. He's yeah. one of the few guys I've seen that – does damage with pitches low and away. So he's learned and used the analytics to his advantage there. But I definitely think the analytics helped change. Like back back before all of this, a big thing was guys pitched inside. Yeah. Analytics happened, guys started adjusting, and now hitters crave balls inside because they can get it, get the bad through quick, hit some dingers. And now it's, well, throw, throw it away, keep it away from in. And guys are scared to hit guys. But that was all. That was before analytics. It was throw it low, throw it in. Don't let them get their arms extended. Now it's throw it low and away because guys can't do much because they want to pull everything. And I think that's some of the analytics. Is guys realized you can just turn and burn on that pitch inside. It's so crazy where baseball has gone, man. I mean, just sitting here thinking about all this, like, yeah, like yeah. you said, bust them in because you don't want them to get extended. And now it's like. Pitch them away. We don't care if they get extended. We just don't want them to turn on us, you know? Yep, exactly. It's funny. It's funny how this game it evolves and adapts. And that's something like, I mean, with the game of baseball, how much it you have to adapt and change and do certain things. Like, you don't see very much of that. I mean, I guess in basketball, maybe you can compare it to the three-pointer. They shoot a lot more threes now than they ever did. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that's something yeah. that, that's – pretty comparable to baseball in terms of yeah, the way yeah. the sport is adapted but football you have a lot more versatile running quarterbacks so a lot more scrambles than you yeah. used to so it just yeah. evolved and then I know one part I'm going to hit you in your your hot spot is defensively is the shift you see a lot uh, more shifts in baseball now uh, yeah I know you're not a big fan of the shift I, I'm surprised you didn't put that as your thing you would change is get rid of the shift I mean, I'm sorry. Like, again, here we are with analytics and numbers and the way it's completely changed the game. I mean, 
to see an outfield need for outfielders. Like, I mean, you, that, yeah, the number, I mean, that's, that's a numbers thing, 100%. And I, I don't know, it's, that takes away the human side of it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, if you didn't have every single one of those come up on a spreadsheet and say, this guy hits this many fly balls or this guy, like you'd have to manually do it. And, and I mean, they, clearly they didn't do that back in the day because mm-hmm. you didn't start seeing the shift until pretty recent. And dude, I know you have no idea how many times I see a pitcher make a great pitch. And so they do the shift and this is what I never understood. They do the shift and then the pitcher throws away, loan away, loan away, loan away. And it's like the pitcher makes a good pitch and that hitter beats the shift. But if they were playing where they are normally supposed to be playing, it would have been an out. That kind of stuff frustrates me. Yeah. And the pitcher gets blamed for, well, why are you got to pitch into the shift? It's like they're, they're throwing their game because they know if they're shifting on a guy, they like to pull the ball. Yeah. So the pitcher's going to go low and away because they're going to try and pull it anyways. And, and then, yeah. And obviously the numbers, like – they wouldn't continue to shift if it wasn't working. Yep. I'm just, I, I guess I'm old school in that way that I, I don't know. I just don't, every single time I see a shift or I see it happen, it seems to fail. So, yep. you know, moving the third baseman, taking a third baseman from his position and, or a second baseman and putting him out in right field to feel the ground ball, throw from a completely different angle. Now I understand they're professionals, but I mean, a guy like Altuve struggled, couldn't, couldn't make the throw from the shift. So they then had to take the shortstop and now put him into the outfield and it's completely changed. It's like, how beneficial is the shift? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. It's obviously got to be good or else they wouldn't be doing it. But yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they're thinking is when it, when, it work, when it works, you're a genius. When it doesn't work, oh, we'll get him next time because the numbers are still there. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I guess there's that saying numbers don't lie, but then – you know, numbers don't have feeling and emotion either, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I feel like baseball is that one where we talked about last week where baseball is the most selfish, individualistic sport, team yeah. sport. Baseball, the numbers don't lie, but they kind of trick you. They can trick you. They don't you tell the whole sure. story. And, and that's – circle back to the Snell thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the numbers telling you, oh, third time through the order, but it's like – you got tricked, man. Like, Mookie Betts looked stupid. You know, I let you got a lefty, lefty with Seeger. He hits righties better. Like, uh, it just, it didn't. MVP of the World Series. Yep. Didn't make sense to then go righty. Yeah, to go with the righty, regardless of how great he was in the, in the regular season. It's like, what numbers? And that's, and that, like you said at the beginning, they bring in Anderson who had given up a run in every single one of his outings. It's like, I get that he was a great regular season guy, but what about those numbers when you're looking at it? Like when you're looking at all the numbers, if you want to talk, Oh, we pulled Snell because of the numbers. And then you got those numbers right there. It's like, then why did you go to him? Yeah. They they got to look at the small sample size. They're looking at the whole season instead of just in this small recent sample size, the dude struggled. They're going, overall, he's been really good. And that's what they did with Snell, though, too. That's what they did with Snell, too, is looked at the – oh, it's third time through the order. Yeah, but that you're talking regular season. You're talking – it's a little bit different versus a guy who's locked in. And that's where playoffs versus regular season, completely different. I mean, 
just that feeling, that adrenaline rush you get, you have more in the tank mm -hmm. in a World Series game, let alone a World Series elimination game. Like you have yeah, a little bit up. more when that guy is cruising. Yeah, it, it's tough for me to still. I mean, I, I know we kind of got away from that topic, but to bring it back, that's still something that's going to make me always ask why. Like, yeah. why? I don't care what answer he gives about numbers. Why? One positive I will say on the, the flip side of that is in the numbers, Jansen's the closer. Last night, Urias was untouchable. You leave Urias in, gets yeah. to save your World Series champ. Yeah. He's not your closer. Jansen's your closer. But you stick with the hot hand because the hot hand's carving guys up. 100% you stick with a hot hand. I mean, and, and that's the thing, like looking at the small sample size, Jansen struggled this playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like it was a smart move. Like that made sense. That made yeah. sense. I, yeah, I don't understand. I, I guess it's something we'll never understand yet. And we're not in, you know, Kevin Cash's shoes. We don't have that kind of pressure mm -hmm. in our, in, uh, in our jobs, but. Um, no, nope. we have the luxury of doing it from home on a podcast. Yeah, he's we, doing it on the world stage. Analyze from the couch and be frustrated and ask the questions, and you know. But who knows? Who knows? But I, I still think that if I was the coach, if I was the coach, I strongly believe that I would have kept Snell in. I feel like if I was the coach, I would have at least gone and had a conversation with him. Give and him you know a, what? Give Let's him a chance. This freaking case, man. Yeah. How many pitchers? And who? Do, this is this is a question I wanted to ask you, like. Who do you think is the best at like pleading their case and being kept in the game when the manager goes out? Like who who would you think? Uh, right right now, I think it's it's probably I think it's Mad Bum. He just kind of tells the guy, "No, go away. I'm doing my thing." Yeah. There's two guys I think of. I think Scherzer and yeah, Scherzer. Kershaw. I think Kershaw with Roberts, the relationship that they mm -hmm. have, I think that he'd be able to sway Roberts if the, if the roles yeah. were reversed and it was Kershaw dominating and then you mm -hmm. know getting ready to be pulled like I think Kershaw if he really wanted to he could sway Roberts and 100%. I think Roberts would trust him enough and go okay yeah 100% I think those would be my three guys like you said Kershaw Scherzer and Bumgarner yeah I think are the best at convincing their guys to leave them in and their body of work shows it and with that Snell's body of work at least gives him the authority to like have that conversation to have the conversation you're gonna have, a Cy Let Young him have the conversation he's your guy he's a Cy Young award winner he's got you to the game six of the postseason of the world series at least have a have a chat at least pretend to listen don't make the call before you even talk to the guy yeah I don't think any words were exchanged I think it was a hey good job put out his hand obviously you can't read lips because they were he's wearing a mask but I mean I didn't see yeah. Snell say anything except for when he was on his way out yeah, I think Snell handled it like a true professional. I think he handled it like a like a champ. I think he showed good, good team guy there for the most part. Yeah, he's frustrated and mad, but I don't think he really bad mouthed anybody. He didn't cause a scene. Yeah, he tried to stick in it for his team, and that I commend that guy because you know that hurt. You oh, know he was real yeah. angry. That would have been a long, himself. That would have been a long shower. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a long shot because it's funny i was waiting i was waiting a while i was like i was like okay at what point are they gonna you know show the interviews with the coach with 
you know, with Snell, with people. And I'm just like, wait, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'll just, I'll catch it tomorrow because I'm yeah. not going to stay up and waste my time listening to these baseball analysts say the same stuff that we're all saying because we're just all so frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, I think Snell handled it the best way he could have. I was talking about trusting himself, trusting yeah. his stuff. And it's just unfortunate that it happened. But great for the Dodgers. Yep, great Dodgers, for the Dodgers. Dodgers loved it. 32-year streak. Did you see all the – all the craziness happening in LA? No, I tried not to watch it. I wanted to be happy the Dodgers won and not not focus on any kind of. Well, they were happy. I, I, they, they were happy. That's for sure. I mean, yeah. I uh, I was in I, I was one. in LA, but I was not anywhere near where the craziness was happening. But fireworks going off in the middle of the roads, donuts happening in the middle of the streets. There were people all over. I mean, it was that man, it's a it's a great year for. Not great sports year for LA. Did you guys hear any fireworks going off? No, I I think with with the fires going on right now, people are kind of not going out too much. They're kind of waiting to see if they have to get evacuated where we're at. Yeah, where I was in LA, gosh, you could hear it was boom, 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 right when they got the final out. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Oh, yeah, my girlfriend was stoked. She's She's been a Dodger fan her whole life, and she was running around jumping up and down she was stoked yeah my wife's been a Dodgers fan her whole life unfortunately I'm not a Dodgers fan I I mean I like a lot of the players on the Dodgers um yeah. I've met Dave Roberts personally um we've we've chatted and and I got to work with his kids uh mm-hmm. his kids you know came to one of the batting cages I was working at a, a long time ago and so I got to you know do some pitching stuff with them and they were like seven and nine or something like that and yeah. uh, yeah, which is pretty cool, but but yeah, I like Dave. I think I think he is he's a phenomenal coach. I I'm super stoked for him. I'm I'm super stoked for Kershaw, man. I you know yeah. I will always be a fan of that dude, no matter where he plays. I think he'll be in in L.A. for the rest of his career. But yeah, I think he's gonna be a Dodger I, until he retires. I think sure. yeah, I, a guy like Kershaw. How do you not like a guy like him? Mm-hmm. How can you not root for a guy like him? You know, yeah, I think he's great for baseball. He's definitely great for baseball. Absolutely, he's done a good job of wearing that and being a role model for so many players, young kids, college guys. He just does things the right way, and like you said, you can't not root for him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was game six. Gosh, my head hurts. Would have been fun to see a game seven, but I would have loved to have been watching a game seven right now. Yeah, I, I love watching Bueller throw, so it would have been nice to see him pitch, but Dodgers and six, man. We Dodgers called it. Six. We called it. Fantastic. Um, yeah, that's the Upper Class Sports Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, comment, let us know what you enjoyed. Follow us on our social medias. They're going to be yeah. somewhere on the screen. Um, don't forget to follow us, and uh, yeah. We hope you guys enjoy. This was episode two of the Upper Class Sports. Episode two. Let us know what you thought. Thoughts, comments, what we could do better, what you guys want to hear about. I know after the last one, we got told to talk about the Angels. We will be talking about the Angels soon. Yeah, we will be talking about the Angels soon. Um, gosh, I can't wait to just be able to do this stuff in person, not to even have to think about Zoom. Yeah. If I have to jump on another Zoom call, I'm going to lose it. But 100%. Hey, we do what we got to do. Do what we got to do, man.
to give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. That's what we're here for. Right on. See you guys. See you guys.